0: In tenth grade, I came down with an illness. Didn't know what it was. Had diarrhea for a month. That's not obviously that's not normal. Um, and there was something inside of me in the midst of all that, going through that. That this is just weird. It shouldn't be going on for a month because I, you know, obviously everyone has stomach bugs and they last a week, or if you're lucky, or a little longer, but but a month that's a long time. Um, so that month rolled on. In the end, I ended up having an accident lost control. I had an accident and at 10th grade that really shook me and I remember having a conversation with my parents and saying I need to go to the doctor to find out what's going on. I um, went to the doctor. It was back when Dr. Muller was down here in town which dates that real big time. It hasn't been there. I don't know what's in the building there now but Dr. Muller was there and I met with him and uh, he did the regular battery of things there. He tested lactose intolerance which was a I'm thinking he tested me for milk allergy. I've been raised on a farm and drinking milk every day of my life I'm thinking this is, you know, thinking that's a waste of my time. And clearly, I wasn't allergic to milk. It made no difference dropping that off. He tried some other things; none of those worked. And then I had the joy, without knowing what was coming next, of being scheduled for a barium enema. And I don't—I just—you'll you'll get the idea why I'm sharing this in a few minutes here. But uh, and it is bad; it's as bad as it sounds. Um, that test came back without after going through the trauma of the test itself as a young man, having no idea what that was like. Then came the diagnosis when I went back to Dr. Muller that I had ulcerative colitis and an explanation of what that was. Um, Ulcerative colitis became my unwanted companion for about eight years. It was embarrassing. Um, I had it severe enough where I had frequent accidents and at the end of those eight years, for the last few years, I was actually in adult diapers. In that time period, I also had several different rounds of steroid therapy, prednisone, if anybody's ever taken it, you know what that's like, uh, caused mood swings like you've never experienced before, uh, weight gain, change in physical appearance, all those wonderful things that you don't want to have to deal with in high school and college or ever in your life for that matter. Nothing that we tried medically worked. All the medicines I tried, and I'll tell you, I tried everything, including natural remedies. Anybody in the Christian community that had a natural remedy, they would tell me about it and say, You've got to try this, I know it'll work. Well, I tried a lot of those, and none of those worked either. And then it came to prayer. I was prayed for a lot. Every chance I had to go forward or to be prayed for healing, I took. I was anointed with oil several times, and that didn't work either. Left me with questions Did God hear? Did he care? Had maybe I done something wrong or did I lack faith? Did I have not enough faith? I could not, in my head, understand why in the world God would not remove the sickness because of the effects it was having on me. Okay. In the middle of that eight year span, as I'm going through my high school years, I was selected by our coach at the time. Uh, the captain of the varsity basketball team at South Jeff. Um, several things happened, uh, and the illness, I think, played a role in that too. Um, but by the time season came around as a captain, I never played. I sat the bench the whole year for the most part. And early on in that, I relegated myself to that role that I could help the team. I still could be a team leader from the bench. And I tried to do the best of my bet that, but that led to a conflict with my coach. Looking back on it, I don't know exactly why because I know it wasn't my motivation. I wasn't, didn't mean anything by what I was doing. was we just making a suggestion here or there as I was you know, scrimmaging stuff when something would happen and just sharing something with one of the teammates or whatever. And um, What ended up happening with that, we got sat down under the basket one time right after that had happened. And he sat down and he addressed the whole team, but he was addressing me that he was in charge, and so on and so forth. At that moment, something in me snapped. And this is what went through my mind. I was severely disappointed. I was discouraged. I was disillusioned. I was asking all questions about why God, and this is what went through my head. This is what I said. God, if this is what serving you does, and this is what you get, for serving you, I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure that I want any part of that. I'm ashamed to say that, but that's, that's the reality where I at. That led immediately when you have that attitude. I never told God directly, to, I'm done with you. I was just being frankly honest. If this is what being upright as a follower of you and trying to be an example to others and lead gets you, I'm done. I can't do that. It led to a brief, matter of months, but serious rebellion where I made the honest choice and decision to try a lot of the things that I had tried diligently to stay away from for 17 years. Deep down inside, I wasn't so sure that serving God was really all it was cracked up to be. One thing very quickly in that rebellious time, though, that happened was it did not take very long before I was left empty, tremendously dissatisfied, and a gnawing feeling deep down inside that the things I was choosing to do were going nowheres, but I still wasn't sure about serving God at the level that I had before. Like I said, I don't think I ever told God directly to take a height that I never wanted to see Him again or talk to Him again or anything like that. But I was having real struggles. I was shook to the core of my faith. I was very disillusioned with life and what it meant to serve God when it was hard to embrace all the things that were coming with that. Now, the state of mind that I found myself in was what the Bible calls afflictions. It's being in the state of mind where you have pain and suffering because of your circumstances or situations in life. It's when those circumstances and situations cause trouble and bring anguish upon you. The reality of the fact which I learned firsthand was that such things like that, not only do they shake your faith to its core, but they lead to all kinds of questions. Okay, Now, Question for you this morning. Do you got any afflictions? Do you have any afflictions? How about an unsatisfying job that's such a challenge that you really, deep down inside, don't know if you can make it through the next week? Or maybe you're facing rejection in a relationship which is in the process of destroying your self-value. Leaves you lonely and wondering... What's wrong with me? Why isn't this working? Or how about the hole that's left in your heart when a loved one leaves you by death? And you find yourself asking the questions, why did they have to go? Or God, why in the world did you let this happen? Or maybe you lose a job or you're underemployed. You've got a job, but you're underemployed, which is leading to tremendous financial strain in your life. And all that goes through your mind is, but God, you promised that you'd take care of my needs. And you're in that process of wondering whether that's actually working out or not. Maybe you've been hurt by people who claim to be followers of God. Somebody who claimed to be a Christian, claimed to walk with God, and you've been hurt. They mistreated you. Or at least that was your impression. They let you down when you needed them the most. It makes you question on top of that, not just them, but the whole church thing. The list can go on and on with afflictions. They hurt. They frustrate. They leave us anxious and lonely. They isolate us if we allow them to. They leave us stuck in our heads thinking about things, trying to figure it all out. We sit there and rationally in our human reasoning try to figure all that stuff out. And they challenge our faith causing us to question God and His people and His church and what He's about. I, I, I plead with you today, hear me today and rejoice. Hear me today and rejoice. Now, how dare I play with your emotions, lead you down this thing of sharing my own personal story a little bit, and then asking you to think about your afflictions and then tell you to rejoice? That's terribly insensitive, isn't it? Okay, I want to back up just a little bit because there's, the, there's a, a word that that phrase starts out with, and it says, hear Here, what does that mean obviously turn your ears on and listen which i'm hoping and believing you're already doing physically listening but let's go beyond just listening with your ears and hearing the words it's this listening with your heart let your ears take it in but let the words sink down to your heart to your inner man the part of you that god made in his image that he wants to speak to don't just listen with your ears and let it stick in your brain, but let it go down to your heart this morning. Why do you want to do that? Because I am asking you to listen, to hear with your heart, and then the chat and the word here to examine and and, and examine the merits and what I'm going to what I'm sharing this morning. What does that mean? Test the rightness or wrongness of what I'm saying, the examples I give. Listen to the details. Listen to the feelings in yourself. Test and listen to the explanations. Listen to and test the results that I'll share towards the end. And then I challenge you to make a decision based on what you hear, not in your head or what you've heard in the past, but what you hear in your heart today. I want to pray about that. Heavenly Father, I pray as we continue with the message this morning that you would do what only you can do, which is to send your Spirit into the room, which I believe is already here, but you'd send the Spirit to indwell our hearts, to open our hearts, to truly be able to hear in our inner man what you want to say about afflictions. We invite your presence in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to tell you this morning, I fully believe that if you will listen, not with your ears and not just with your head, but if those words go down into your heart and the Spirit has His way, as he speaks, you will indeed rejoice. You will indeed rejoice. And I'm not telling you this morning that your problems are all going to go away, but there will be great reason to rejoice as we go forward. Why do I believe that? I believe that firmly because I have experienced through the fires of tests and trials and tribulations and difficulties in life over 51 years, I found that the only thing The only thing that really satisfies that gnawing in my heart, the only thing that brings a lasting result in my life that's worth anything that lasts, those things that do that are only found in God and in His ways, in His truths. Anything else I've ever tried, and I've tried a lot of things, leave me wanting, leave me disappointed. And leave me disillusioned. This poor man standing in front of you today, this poor man called out, and the Lord heard him, and he saved me out of all my troubles. I sought the Lord, and he answered me, he delivered me from all of my fears. And I did indeed call out to God, and I sought him for answers at some of the deepest and darkest parts of my life. I summoned him for help with the critical needs and still do. The chronic needs, the chronic illness, the difficulties that wouldn't seem to go away, I sought him. And in the midst of that, not just trying to have him take, get rid of the things in my life that I didn't like and to fix the situations, I also sought him and sought relationship with him in the midst of it. Believe it or not, as I look back on it, even when I would said, God, if this is what serving you really gets, I'm not sure I want it. I believe that was part of my inner man actually searching God. You say, well, how can that be? Because you weren't doing what you're supposed to be doing. I'm telling you, if you hear the whole story, I was searching. I was searching and testing God at that time. Now, wouldn't it be great if I could tell you today that when I asked him, he immediately answered, and when I sought him, he immediately showed himself. And when I, when I summoned him for help in one of those situations that he immediately got rid of it for me, I'm here to tell you that's not what happened. Sometimes he was silent. Often it seemed, stress seemed, it seemed like he didn't answer, at least in the way that I wanted him to. And here's the reality. Many of the answers were years in coming. Some, I'm pretty sure I'm still waiting for. But one thing I'm convinced of is that He absolutely heard me. He absolutely heard me. And He absolutely understood the difficulty, the anguish, the pain, the suffering, the hurt, the disillusionment and the discouragement that I was enduring. I also believe today, in hindsight, He absolutely answered me immediately. Even if I didn't see the answer for a long time. Or, even if I failed to recognize the answer in the moment. He absolutely heard and He absolutely answered right away. I stand here before you today saying that God did save me out of my troubles. He healed me. How did he do that? I wish I, I wish I could tell you this, too, that it was, I went to a service and was dramatically healed that was gone. That didn't happen for me. But you know what? When God takes care of something, in the end, you really don't care how it happened. I ended up going to Cleveland, Ohio, to the Cleveland Clinic. They removed my large intestine, took care of the ulcerative colitis, has never bothered me since. Done. Over. There's an awful lot of stories in that, too, of that process and the things that happened in the midst of that and the people that were met in the midst of that process. Took eight years to happen, but it happened. But I want to tell you this, by waiting for it for years, which is not what I wanted. I wanted it gone when I was in 10th grade. I wanted it gone immediately. But eight years later, it was still there. But eight years later, it was taken away. But in that waiting for years, I learned a few things about God's faithfulness. And I learned something about what faith really is. Not the easy faith that people say when you name it and claim it and if you, if you buck up your emotions and you speak loudly and you confront the devil that goes away. I'm talking about real faith. Faith that isn't diminished and faith that doesn't shrink in the midst of something that's unanswerable. The things that I learned about faith and God's faithfulness, I believe to this day, are things that I probably wouldn't have learned any other way. Or if I would have, it would have taken a lifetime to learn. And God had a crash course in education that He took me through. I stand here today as somebody who has firsthand realized that the things of this world, the things that the world offers, will never satisfy the inner longing of your heart. And that although serving God seems to sometimes not deliver on what our humanness wants. You hear what I'm saying there? I've also learned that sometimes that serving God doesn't seem to deliver on what we think, what I think I really want as a human. But I do know this. He has always delivered on His promises And he always delivers on his promises to those that fear him and those that don't give up. Sometimes it takes time to see that and to understand what he's doing. And I want to tell you this too, by the way, that he delivers, what he delivers on is so much better than what I thought I wanted. And what he delivers on is lasting and satisfying that if he'd have given me what I asked for in the first place in the way that I wanted it, it wouldn't have been even close to what he did in the end. I never was a star ball player. Ever. I never received accolades as a player. I did get the sportsmanship award. Not saying there's nothing wrong with sportsmanship, but if you're really competitive that can feel like a consolation prize. I'm, not, I'm, just, I'm just being bluntly honest with you this morning. I got the sportsmanship award. Um, I got the North Country Academic All-Star, which to me was an affront. I got great grades. I was the captain of the basketball team, but I wasn't a basketball all-star. I never made the floor. But I did have the opportunity, years later, to coach for six years. And in that coaching... We won four league championships and two playoff championships. But more importantly that, God gave me the opportunity in the midst of that, because of what I had been through and what he had shown me and what he had built into me, that there was a lot more to coaching than just coaching basketball. That I had each year, anywhere from 8 to 10 to up to 15 young men, that I spent hours and hours and hours and hours in the gymnasium with, and I wasn't about to just make it about basketball. He gave me the opportunity all those years to pour into young men's lives to talk to them about life lessons and more importantly, spiritual lessons that I trust and believe that will never leave them. Whether they choose to follow them is their choice, but it gave them illustrations that they could sink their teeth into. I got to do that as a result of what God taught me in all those years and all the disappointment about my own things. Because see, in the midst of going through it, I went through my basketball experience I said, if I ever get to coach, I'm going to do some things a bit differently. Because I realize that some players need a kick in the pants. Other players need a pat on the back. Some people need to get in the face and tell them to go out and do what other person says. I believe that you can do it. God in His wisdom did way more, way more than I could have ever imagined. And He still is at work in my life. He took my afflictions, my difficulty, my pain, my anguish, and he made them into something beautiful. The man you see before you today is who he is because of what God did through those situations. There's a pastor, preacher, out in western New York by the name of Jerry Gillis. He pastors a large church called the Chapel. For anybody that's ever went to the Christian Musician Summits out in Buffalo, that was the church. He's an excellent Bible teacher. He told a story once. Story, one of his experiences. I don't remember the context of the story. There's just a couple things that caught me, and it hit me like a ton of bricks. He's sharing. He said one time a gentleman from his church came into his office, looked him square in the eye, and Jerry is a very, he's a, he's a gifted, gifted Bible teacher. Not just so you understand it, but there's power in what he does. It, it cuts to your heart and brings change. The man said, I can do what you do. looked a square in eye and said, I can do what you do. I could stand up in front of people and I could preach and teach the Word. And it's interesting, did Jerry Gillis rebuke him? Did he encourage him to go and do that? No. But in a still small voice inside of him, he said this, No, I'm not sure you could. Or maybe you could. But have you, have you lost a son? Have you gone through the dark moment when your precious child is gone and it forces you to ask the questions about why God? Why did that have to happen? Why didn't our prayers work? What Jerry was on to there it was recognizing this, that yes, he could preach and he can teach but there's something more than just standing up and academically or even in a fun and interesting way sharing the truth of Jesus. There's a power factor and what he was saying is the power factor was a result of the deepest darkest moments of his life where he didn't give up God in the end but plowed through that which gave him love and compassion to understand what people go through. Perhaps the reason, and this is a risky statement, perhaps the reason that you receive anything worthwhile when you come here week after week and you listen to me. Perhaps the reason that you get anything worthwhile is because of the afflictions and what God did through them in my life. The way that they shaped my inner man. They developed a faith in God that I can tell you is a workable faith. Have I faced everything? No. But I faced enough things to know because I'm not the kind of person that if my faith doesn't work in this situation, then we've got to work on the faith thing. (laughs) Perhaps you're able to receive good things today because I didn't give up on God. I chose to listen to the still small voice inside of me, which at times whispered, but other times shouted that God does hear and that He does care and that He is indeed at work even when I don't see it and even when I don't feel it. Because if you were to sit with me now and you were to tell me about your affliction and the fact that you question, is God there? I'm going to look you square in the eye with compassion and with love and I'm going to tell you, He definitely hears and He's definitely at work on your behalf. And I can say that confidently. Why? Why? Because He did it for me. i want to give you some advice today. The first thing is this. Taste and see that the Lord is good. It's not fair for you or me or anybody else, and I will be the first to admit, and people know me, I'm a picky eater. If you ever ask me to your house, please don't ask, will you eat what I put in front of you? Because I will always eat whatever you give me. doesn't mean I like everything, but I will eat it. I'm not that picky where I can't. Sometimes I choose not to because I'd rather not. I'm a picky eater. But you know what? It is not fair for me as a picky eater to say I don't like something if I've never tried it. I might think I'm not going to like it. I might even reason with you I can know I'm not going to like it because I know what's in it. But it's still not a fair statement to say until I've tried it, right? I'm asking you, don't judge God. Don't judge the things of God. Don't judge the ways of God without actually giving it a try. Testing it. Don't judge it also on your human understanding. Don't let the thing between your two ears, your brain, be the thing that directs your testing and directs your decision making. I'm challenging you to taste and see in your heart of hearts, the part of you that's made in God's image, to test that there to see if what God says is true and if His ways work. Walk with him. Give him a chance. For how long? For a while. I can't give you, do it this long or that long. I'm just telling you to give it a chance. Give it time. Second thing I want to tell you this morning call out to him. Cry out to him in your needs, in your afflictions, and in your difficulties. I assure you that he hears. When you cry out from your inner man and you pour it out before him, he absolutely hears it. And I assure you that he does work on your behalf. And that's true even when you don't feel it and even when you don't see it because a lot of times the thing he's working on is not necessarily what you think he should work on. But if you will ride that out long enough, in the end you will see that he did way better than you would have than than it would be if you had gotten what you wanted. It is absolutely true that He never leaves you nor forsakes you as long as you continue to cry out to Him and call out to Him from a genuine heart. And as you cry out to Him and call out to Him with a genuine heart and your heart is turned towards Him, His eye is always on you. People say, I wonder sometimes if God left. No, He didn't. The only way He's going to leave is if you tell Him to leave. If you put a wall up, He might try to break through that periodically but He's going to honor what you want. And if your heart is towards Him and you're crying out to Him, I can guarantee you His eye is on you and He is concerned about what's going on in your life. He will absolutely deliver you from your troubles and your difficulties one of two ways. He may remove them, and that's the funnest part. And it's full of emotion. But a lot of times He doesn't remove it. Instead, He comes alongside you and walks through it with you. And although that's not fun, what you gain in that and what he does in you as a person and how it changes you is invaluable. You can't put a price tag on that. God is close to those who are brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in their inner man. Has your heart ever been broken? Has it ever been smashed? You ever get beat up by life? Maybe you're there right now. Maybe your heart's been crushed, broken, or you just feel like you've been beaten up by life. He's close to you today and every day. Have you been crushed or destroyed on the inside by people or circumstances? He comes to save and to heal that today and every day. Now, maybe you've noticed, maybe you haven't. I haven't taken to the Bible at all today, have I? Sure have. What you don't know, unless you know your Bible really well, or maybe some of the phrases look familiar, what I have actually done this morning is I personalized Psalm 34. It was written by David. What I want to do right now is I want to read that out of two different versions. My encouragement to you is you can follow along, but again, I don't want you to follow along as an academic pursuit. What I really want you to do is open up the ears of your heart and let these words sink in and let them speak. Let them minister. Let them speak forth the truth that they are. I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you, his saints, for those who fear him lack nothing. The lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Come, my children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Whoever of you loves life and desires to see many good days, keep your tongue from evil. And your lips from speaking lies. Turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their cry. The face, the face of the Lord is against those who do evil to cut off the memory of them from the earth. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. A righteous man may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them all. He protects all his, all his, he protects all his bones, not one of them will be broken. Evil will slay the wicked, the foes of the righteous will be condemned. The Lord redeems his servants, no one will be condemned who takes refuge in him. And now I want to read to you from the message translation the same thing. So listen to this. I bless God every chance I get. My lungs expand with His praise. I live and breathe God. If things aren't going well, hear this and be happy. Join me in spreading the news. Together, let's get the word out. God met me more than halfway. He freed me from my anxious fears. Look at Him. Give Him your warmest smile. Never hide your feelings from Him. When I was desperate, I called out. And God got me out of a tight spot. God's angels, God's angel sets up a circle, a protection around us while we pray. Open your mouth and taste. Open your eyes and see how good God is. Blessed are you who run to Him. Worship God if you want the best. Worship opens doors to all of His goodness. Young lions on the prowl get hungry, but God-seekers are full of God. Come, children, listen closely. I'll give you a lesson in God worship. Who out there has a lust for life? Can't wait each day to come upon beauty. Guard your tongue from profanity and no more lying through your teeth. Turn your back on sin. Do something good. Embrace peace. Don't let it get away. God keeps an eye on his friends. His ears pick up every moan and groan. God won't put up with rebels. He'll cut them from the pack. Is anyone crying for help? God is listening, ready to rescue you. If your heart is broken, you'll find God right there. If you're kicked in the gut, He'll help you catch your breath. Disciples so often get into trouble. Still, God is there every time. He's your bodyguard, shielding every bone. Not even a finger gets broken. The wicked commit slow suicide. They waste their lives hating the good. God pays for each slave's freedom. No one who runs to Him loses out. I want to declare to you today that I will choose to praise and glorify God. I will speak well of Him. I'll bless Him. I'll pray to Him. And I will continue to ask Him for things. And I will do that in all circumstances and in all occurrences in all events, both when it's going really good and when it's going horribly bad. Why? Because at 51 years of age, having walked with God for a long time, I know this. He's not going to let me down. And He can handle my raw emotions and my raw honesty when I'm disillusioned and scared and upset. I will choose to value Him and declare that His dealings with me have been a blessing. The way He's dealt with me have been honorable and admirable and a true blessing. And I'll do that all the time. Not based on how I feel or where I find myself in life. And I'm no different than you. There are times when it is a chore to do this when I'm not feeling like it. But as I grow older, I realize that's the time I need to do it the most because it changes the way I think and the way I feel. I will choose to exhibit loyalty and enthusiasm and a love for God because He did that for me first. He never left me when I questioned His motives. He never gave up on me. He stuck to it and saw it through to the end. And I would say this. Anything worthwhile that you receive from me ever is because of Him. I know that deep down in here. I know that deep down in here. I would not be who I am today if not for Him. I couldn't do what I do today if it wasn't for Him. I want to celebrate His goodness, and I want to worship Him deep inside of my own heart because of His faithfulness. And the most part about that is His faithfulness even when I doubted, even when I questioned Even when I was honest with him, he still was faithful. Now you might ask yourself the question, how do I walk this out in life? How do you begin to do this? How do you go through all the things that life has and not have your faith shaken? I would encourage you to do one thing, which is to read and reread Psalm 34. It gives you, the title of the message today, is advice in the midst of afflictions. David wrote this, I just happen to personalize myself, but he is writing out of someone who went through huge afflictions. And this is what he's telling anyone that will listen. I will worship God. I will extol him. I will praise him. And oh, by the way, God hears, God, and, and it's there. Read and reread and read and reread over and over and over again Psalm 34, so that when you are in the midst of trouble, those words are what come to your mind. And then this. How do you walk this out in life? I wish that I could tell you that it was like an exam, like the one, some of the ones I had in college where you could cram the night before and get an A on it. It ain't that way. It's not that way. This is something that you will have to work at. You will have to put to the test over a long period of time. But I'm telling you that the reward you would get by testing it over the period of time is an unshakable faith an unshakable faith and i want to take you to another reason. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians that God does this for us and it changes us and it builds an unshakable faith and a trust in God and hope and peace. But listen to this also. All praise this is Paul writing now. All praise to the God and Father of our Master Jesus the Messiah, Father of all mercy. God of, ready, God of all healing counsel. He comes alongside us when we go through hard times. And before you know it, He brings us alongside someone else who is going through hard times so that we can be there for that person just as God was there for us. We have plenty of hard times that come from following the Messiah, but no more so than the good times of His healing comfort. We get a full measure of that too. Now Paul had been through afflictions and tremendous difficulty. And he was simply saying in this that he praised God for the things that he went through. He thanked God for the comfort that he had received. And he was fully well aware and he would experienced his own life that he actually had something that he could offer to people when they were in trouble. So it's it's, it's a double blessing. You receive it for yourself and then you have the privilege You have the privilege of bringing hope and peace and joy to someone when they're in their darkest hour. I experienced that as I walked through the deepest, darkest times of my life. There were people who were there, and some of them are here today. There were people that were there. Even when I was in my rebellion, there were people that were there that spoke truth to me, but not in a a nasty way. I realized that that I needed to change, but they gave hope, they gave peace, they gave joy. And as I looked at some people, I realized, and you get the sense that they understood because they had been there themselves. And I want to tell you this. What God has done for me, He'll surely do for you. He will be there for you. He will help you. He will, more than just helping you and taking care of your situations, He will mold and shape you into the person he desires you to be and the person that you were meant to be. It might take a while. In fact, it will take a while. He will do it. He will do it if you don't give up. And as he does that, you truly will rejoice and be thankful and praise him. I'm going to turn this over to Jeff. I'm going to be down here this morning that there are moments in life when you're going through a fiction that what you really need is Jesus with skin on. You poured your heart out to him over and over again, but you just need somebody to pray and to stand with you. We have that opportunity this morning. I'll be up here. I think Mom and Dad are over on that side. and I think Betsy Ornsby's over on this side. I know each one of them, and each one of them have gone through tough times in their lives too. So anybody you would choose to pray. Plus, there's people all around you in the crowd this morning that have been through deep water. I'm just telling you this morning, it's one thing to pray on your own and to give that to God. And I encourage you, if you've not cried out to God privately, do that today. But if you've been doing that regularly and you just feel like you're slipping, you feel like you need need a touch from God, don't be afraid to ask somebody to pray with you.